Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. for the next few months, and uh, you will notice that the theme is Pray Hard, Dream Big. If I was going to rewrite this theme, and I I, I still may, I would add something to it that we're going to learn today in our text. And so on the back of your bulletin is an opportunity for you to take some notes. I would add one more thing, and I'm going to share with uh, you in a moment what that is. We are going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be telling a story, a Christmas story actually, and so if you want to take your Bible and turn there, on the back of your bulletin it says, all through scripture we witness God's people praying hard and dreaming big. This is at least for now our theme for 2022. If you were to dream big dreams for Minatrista Baptist Church, what would they be? And so on the bulletin, it says, pray hard, dream big, and then there's that little uh, dreaming cloud over that word, dream big. And I put in their church, but you could easily put in their family, health, uh, finances, workplace, you know, wherever the Lord <coughs> might be talking to you concerning dreaming big, you can put in there, but for the purpose of our messages, we're going to be thinking about our church in general. If you were to dream big for the Miniaturist of Baptist Church, what might those dreams look like? I've written a few things down. Maybe you're dreaming that we would have some younger families attend our church where we could have some more youth or maybe some more children. Maybe some of you like praise music and you'd like praise music to be more a part of the Miniaturist of Baptist Church. Maybe some of you are incredibly practical and you are dreaming that we need a new parking lot. All right, and, and so that might be a dream. I know some of you have been dreaming that our church would be more outreach oriented so that the people in our neighborhoods who don't know Jesus, uh, we would be more interested in them and be able to share our faith with them and make our church uh, maybe be more outreach centered. Some of you are praying for revival in our church and, and even in our nation. Uh, somebody mentioned, hey, next year I'd love to see ten baptisms in, uh, at the Minnetrista Baptist Church. That's a, that's a big dream. That's a wonderful dream. And then maybe some of you are beginning to think of a specific thing about the new pastor that will be coming to the Minnetrista Baptist Church. In our text this morning, we see a big prayer symbolizing a big dream. But a third requirement is added. And so, like I said, if I was redoing the bulletin here, I'd put pray hard, dream big, and the third thing I would add is this word, believe, believe. Because you can pray hard and you can dream big, but if you don't believe that those dreams that you're praying hard for can come true, then well, you've got the same problem as the gentleman that we're going to be taking a look at here today. So, I would like us to take a look at our text. It's found in Luke chapter 1, 
And we're going to be reading a few verses, and then we're going to look at each point, a little something a little bit different than what we normally do. So we're going to look at verses uh, 5 through 10. And uh, what I want you to see here is we're going to talk about what, is, what, what I've labeled the righteous priest. The righteous priest. So it says this, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. <coughs> His wife was Elizabeth, and she was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was, was barren, and they were both well along in years. So the first thing that we notice is this, this is during the time of King Herod. King Herod ruled about 36 B.C. to 4 B.C. <clears throat> and there was a priest named Zechariah. And at this time, there were probably, I don't know, 18,000 priests serving Israel. And so Zechariah is one of them. They all come from the priestly line of Aaron and the... Levites are also the religious leaders. But Zechariah, it says, belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. So that's one of the sons of Aaron. And uh, so Elijah is of this line. <coughs> and so Elijah, this is going to be a rough time. I, I hope we can, we can make it through here. So Elijah is one of the many priests coming from the line of Aaron. His wife's name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the name of Aaron's wife. So she comes from a priestly home as well. Her brothers were probably priests. But because she's a girl, she's not. But she comes from a priestly line, and so she marries a priest. And uh, the text says that they were righteous, upright, and obedient to the law. They were, they were good people. They were good people. They were ordinary people. Uh, Zechariah was one of a number of priests. Elizabeth, his wife, just ordinary people. It, uh, your Bible might say in the time of King Herod of, Jude, uh, of Judea, there was a certain priest. There, it wasn't, there wasn't anything special about this guy. Just a normal Joe like you and I. <clears throat> but they had a problem, didn't they? They had a problem. And what was their problem? Well, their problem was they couldn't have any kids. It says that Elizabeth was barren. And in that day, there was a stigma that went along with being barren. And that stigma was that because you don't have any children, it's probably a punishment from God for maybe a sin that is in your life. And so there, there was a problem with that. And also we are told that they were well along in years, so that they were older. There's another story in the Bible about an, uh, an older couple that had uh, a problem having children. You remember that story in the Old Testament? Yeah, Abraham and his wife Sarah couldn't have any children. And uh, the Lord came along. They were well along in years, and it probably was going to take a miracle for them to have children. And we are told in verse 8, as you take a peek there, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, 
He was chosen by lot. Ah, here we go. According to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So it came time for Zechariah to go to Jerusalem to do his duty. And most of what his duty was, was helping with sacrifice. And they would go as priests at different times, and usually for a two-week stint. And after they served in whatever capacity they had, they went back home. And it was Abijah's turn, that priestly line's turn, so Zechariah is in Jerusalem along with many other priests, and as I shared, mostly attending to the sacrifices. Blood sacrifices over and over and over and over and over again all day long, and so Zechariah was probably uh, very involved in that. But we find out that he is chosen by lot. So they choose straws, basically, and the lot fell to Zechariah. And so he has a bigger and different responsibility. And on this particular day, uh, by lot, he is able to enter the temple now, in a, a farther along into the temple, and his job is now going to be to prepare the incense for burning. Now, this is a big deal. Some priests never get into the inner side of the temple. And every evening and every morning, a priest would enter the temple and go into the holy place. Not the holy of holies, but the place right outside the holy of holies. Remember, the high priest would enter the holy of holies one time a year on the Day of Atonement. That Jewish holiday is called Yom Kippur. And that high priest would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat for the sins of the people that may have been forgotten in the sacrifices. So Zechariah is chosen by lot to enter the holy place for the evening sacrifice. It's a once-in-a-lifetime privilege, and he's probably totally excited to be able to go in there. And the place that he's going is pretty special. I mean, it's the place right beside the Holy of Holies where only the priest is able to go one time a year. And it was supposed to be a brief visit. In fact, he was supposed to go in there, he was supposed to get the coals, put them on the altar, and then he was supposed to put the incense in, and the incense would rise up through the chimney, if you will, and it would have a huge column of fragrant smoke, and it would go up, symbolic of the prayers that were happening right outside of uh, the temple. And all of this is explained, if you're interested, in Exodus chapter 30, how all of this is supposed to happen. And so Zechariah was just supposed to go in there for just a brief time, put the incense and go out. <coughs> well, he was getting ready to leave, and what happens, and that brings us to point number two, and we call that the answered prayer. Point number two, the answered prayer. We got the righteous priest, and now we have the answered prayer. And we're going to look at verses 11 through 17. It might say in your bulletin 11 through 7. That would be wrong. It should be 11 through 17. 
So verse 10, and when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So that's happening. Zechariah is inside. Then, as just a matter of fact, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, the same as anybody that saw an angel, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. <clears throat> and then there's a whole bunch of interesting things about John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. Isn't that nice to hear that your children are joy and delight to you? And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Wow. Many of the people of Israel will bring back to the Lord their God, will be brought back to the Lord. Will he bring back to the Lord their God? And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit of, and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I mean, he's got a big, big, big assignment. At this moment, at this moment, God breaks 400 years of silence. God breaks 400 years of silence. The last time God spoke to the Israelites was through the prophet Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament. 400 years of quiet. 500 years since the last angel appeared, if you remember, to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And so God breaks his silence after all of this time and comes to this ordinary priest who happens to be in the temple by lot and speaks to him about a prayer that he has been praying concerning a child. And he panics. <laughs> he's, he's terrified. And that always seems to be the reaction but the angel, we'll read it in a moment, who later identifies himself as Gabriel, the same angel that visits Mary, not too much later, says, don't be afraid, and tells him his prayers have been answered. And you might say, well, what prayers had, had he been praying? Well, he'd been praying for a child. <clears throat> Even though the text doesn't say that they've been praying, he'd been praying for a child. And he says to him, you are to give this child, one of the greatest names in the Bible, the name of John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the name of John. Uh, the name means God is gracious. And he's going to be a special child. He's going, to be, he's going to be a special child and he's going to be a special man as we read there. He's going to have the major responsibility. He's going to have this John and we know him as John the Baptist. <coughs> he's going to have a major responsibility of introducing the world to Jesus. This is big. Did you watch the football game last night? That field goal to beat the Packers. Oh, Cody! 
Cody, Cody, did you cry? Yeah. It's happened enough times that. But Cody, oh, I thought about you. I thought about you. Yeah, you know, those of us that were rooting for the 49ers, that field goal was big. It was big. It was huge. It was huge. Whenever there's a big play in our family, we look at each other and go, that was big. That was big. Well, that was a big play. Well, this is even a bigger deal. John the Baptist introducing Jesus. That's big. That's huge. And instead of John, or instead of Zachariah saying, wow, that's awesome, to the angel, cool, fantastic, catch you later, dude, and walk out, well, he's got a problem. Okay, let's look at verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, Hey guy, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And then here's the problem. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Ah, he blew it. He prayed hard. He dreamed big. But he didn't believe. He didn't believe that what he was praying for could happen, could actually happen. <clears throat> and he doubts. He says, I'm not sure. He says, hey, I'm an, I'm an old man and I'm married to an old woman. We're not going to have any kids. He basically says, I don't believe you. And he's also probably throwing in there, God hasn't spoken in 400 years and miracles happened a long time ago. So Zechariah put the kibosh on his prayer and big dream. And as we just read, Gabriel has a response. And that's point number three, the administered consequence. The administered consequence. <clears throat> well, we just read that. And then look at verse 21. Meanwhile, and remember I said Zachariah was just supposed to run in, do his incense thing, and come out. Look at verse 21. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. <clears throat> she says, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. <clears throat> Gabriel says, hey, I'm Gabriel. What do you who do you think I am? My name means mighty one of God. I'm no Clarence. You get that? I'm no Clarence? Yeah, okay, good. All right. I'm no Clarence. I'm Gabriel. Zechariah had a big prayer and a bigger dream, but he didn't believe in a big God. And instead of Zechariah running from the temple, praising God and shouting, 
that his prayers are answered and he's so excited to go out to all the people who are out there waiting for him, he leaves deaf and dumb. God shut up Zechariah because of his unbelief. His normal job, so after he goes home, spending two weeks at the temple, he goes home now and his priestly job is to teach the law and teach the people and, and help, uh, help them counsel all the things that he was supposed to do. He's not able to do that because he's struck deaf and dumb. And Elizabeth, it says here, goes into hiding because nobody would believe what just happened. And her husband isn't there to really back it up. Zechariah's current condition doesn't change until the time of John's birth. And so let's, for the fun of it, just read the rest of the story. Over at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried. Now, Mary has found out from Gabriel that she's going to be with child and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, Elizabeth said. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then if you look at verse 46, that's Mary's song. But then jump down to verse 37. <coughs> when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. That was the only right thing to do. All these people had similar names than their parents. That was the right thing to do. They were going to name him after but his mother spoke up and said, No, he is going to be called John. Wait a second, they said. Look at verse 61. Then they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. You, you can't name him John. There's nobody in your family with that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. And then look at verse 64. Immediately, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak, praising God. <laughs> he has a birth of a son. Finally, after the appointed time, his mouth is opened. And what does he do? The only natural thing is to praise God. The neighbors were all filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were all talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. And then look at verse 80. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. That's the long story of Zechariah, Elizabeth, and their son, John. What does this have to do with us? Well, I've written down a few points of application, if you will. I think these are the challenge to each of us.
And these are the things I wrote down uh, as a congregation. And I know that as we move into an interim time, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for prayer. But I think you can begin to pray right now. Begin to ask God to give you His insight for the future of the Minnetrista Baptist Church. And then, I, and I love to dream, I'm a big dreamer, begin to pray, but then begin to dream. Where might God be leading this church in the future? And where might God be leading you? And the next point then is to begin put legs on your dream. I have a lot of people that say, hey, you know what, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. If the Lord is planting that in your brain, it might be that he wants you to participate in making that happen as well. So begin to pray, begin to dream, begin to put legs on your dreams. If you've got a dream, maybe go talk to somebody about it and see how you might be a part of making that dream happen. And then begin to believe, like the uh, angel Gabriel told Mary when she says, How can this be? I've never been with a guy. The angel Gabriel says, Hey, nothing is impossible with God. So begin to believe that nothing is impossible with God. Maybe you've got a big dream. Maybe you need to start believing that nothing is impossible with God. And then, at the very bottom there, pray some more. This is the time for faithful folks of Minnetrista Baptist Church to pray hard, dream big, and believe that nothing is impossible with God. And then at the very bottom of your bulletin, remember God wants to write His book concerning Minnetrista Baptist Church. We need to get on board with His story. Pray hard, dream big, and believe. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we thank You for this. Thank You for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching Scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.